I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Greetings, and welcome to Thoughts from the Hairy Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode seven of Thoughts from the Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to share with you a little bit about my own personal political odyssey. Day is coming up here in about a week. It's not exactly something to celebrate for most of us, unless, of course, you revel in institutionalized theft. But for me, April 15th is more than a day to bemoan the fact that the government, at various levels, confiscates some 40% of the fruits of my labor. It marks my entry into the world of political activism. And it was the beginning of an odyssey that eventually led me to a conclusion that now drives much of what I do. The conclusion is this. Washington, D.C. will never solve America's problems. Washington, D.C. is America's problem. Now, this is not to say I wasn't politically engaged before April 2009. I was, or at least I thought I was. In fact, I approached politics in much the same way most Americans do. I focused virtually all of my attention on the goings-on in the city on the Potomac. You know, important things. Presidential elections, congressional races, Supreme Court decisions. It was all about national politics for me. I sincerely believed if we could just get the good guys in power, everything would be okay. Now for me, the good guys were the Republicans. I was about as partisan as it gets. I tuned into Rush Limbaugh. I read all of the cool conservative columnists from Culture to Krauthammer. I voted GOP. Always. In fact, as much as I hate to admit it, I voted for three Bushes. Yes, three. George H.W., George W., and Jeb. Jeb, you say? Yep. I lived in Florida, and I cast two votes for him in the governor's races. In my view, Republicans generally could do no wrong. The Democrats could do no right. But even at this point, I did hold some important underlying principles, although they weren't very well developed and certainly not consistently applied. I believed in limited government, and I believed in the Constitution. The problem was I had yet to realize that establishment Republicans are no more committed to these principles than the Democrats that I abhorred. I was too blinded by partisanship to see it. In April 2009, the Tea Party was born, and I was politically born again. 
The true beginning of my political odyssey started in a park in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. I remember standing in the midst of a sea of people decked out in red, white, and blue, signs waving in the air. I don't remember any specific speeches. I do remember most of the speakers talked about reducing the debt and lowering the tax burden. I recall some of the speeches were powerful. Some were pedestrian. But it was all so exciting. There was this energy in the air, a sense of purpose, a feeling that I was witnessing the beginning of something significant. But I also remember feeling more like a spectator than a participant. And I realized that had been the story of my political life. It was in that moment that I had this overwhelming sense that I needed to do something. As I stood there in the middle of that sea of conservative humanity, it occurred to me that I didn't want to someday have my kids ask me, Hey, Daddy, what did you do when America was spiraling toward the abyss? Only to be able to say, Well, I went to a rally, I waved a sign, and I voted. That day, I decided I was going to get involved. But how? I had no earthly idea. So for the first time in my life, I really started to think about the problems facing the country and possible solutions. And as I looked at the spiraling debt and the increasing intrusiveness of the federal government, I became more and more convinced that the key was in decentralization and limiting the power of the federal government. Around this time, I stumbled on the Tenth Amendment Center. Now, I was familiar with the Tenth Amendment. In fact, I had been known to tell people that this or that federal action was unconstitutional because it was something left to the states under the Tenth Amendment. There was already a basic interest there in the concept, so I started perusing the TAC website. It was pretty cool, and I was really impressed with the quality of what they were doing. So after a few weeks, I decided I would reach out to the folks there. I filled out the volunteer application on the website, and the next thing you know, I was the state chapter coordinator for Kentucky. Finally, I was doing something. But boy, I had a lot to learn. I threw myself headlong into hardcore research. And it was in this time period that I read two documents that fundamentally changed the way I look at American politics. The Kentucky and Virginia Resolutions of 1798. Written by Thomas Jefferson and James Madison in response to the Alien and Sedition Acts, these two documents lay out the principles of nullification. Nullification, state actions to render unconstitutional federal actions null, void, or simply unenforceable within the borders of a state. Jefferson called nullification the rightful remedy when the federal government acts outside of its constitutionally delegated powers. Madison said that the states were duty-bound to interpose and arrest the progress of evil. I vividly remember sitting on my couch in amazement as I read these documents. Here was a blueprint explaining exactly how to confront unconstitutional acts, a legitimate way to counter federal power run amok. And not just some idea from some political pundit or radio talk show hack, but from two of America's foremost founding fathers. Here's what really struck me. I'd never heard of such a thing. I mean, it wasn't like I was uninformed. I've always been a voracious reader. I have two college degrees. I took AP history in high school. 
in three college-level American history classes. I'd never heard of nullification. I'd never heard of the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions. It was like somebody took these important political principles and dropped them down an Orwellian memory hole. It was at that point that I realized that I had been lied to. Washington, D.C. isn't meant to be the center of the universe. The federal government isn't meant to be all-powerful. The Supreme Court isn't the final say on the Constitution. When the veil falls away, everything changes. It didn't take long to realize that I'd played along with a neatly scripted play all my life. This whole red state, blue state, Republican-Democrat divide is a load of crap. Establishment politicians on the left and the right are really just two sides of the same coin. They both appeal to the Constitution when it suits them, and they disregard it when it stands in the way of their preferred policy preferences. We're led to believe there is this vast chasm between the left and the right in America. But it's really nothing more than a crack in the sidewalk. In fact, there is really a great deal of agreement in Washington, D.C., Conservatives and liberals might argue about how to apply it, but when you boil it all down, they both love federal power. They both seek to expand it, and they both spend your money recklessly to maintain it. We actually do have bipartisan agreement in Washington, D.C. Grow government, centralize power, use it. At the Tenth Amendment Center, we sum up our guiding principles in one sentence. Follow the Constitution, every issue, every time, no exceptions, no excuses. My political odyssey ultimately led me to a very important realization. We need to change the way we do politics in America. We need to embrace decentralization and state sovereignty. That was the political system our founders gave us. They understood that consolidated monopoly power is the greatest threat to liberty. And yet that's what we're racing toward today, monopoly government. Yet Americans spend all of their time focused on what's going on in Washington, D.C. Heck, that's what I did for some 40 years. And you know what? In all of that time, nothing changed other than the fact that the federal government grew more powerful, more intrusive, and deeper in debt. It's time for something new and different. Stop calling the 202 area code and focus on your state capital instead. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. I really appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas at michael.meharry at 10th amendmentcenter.com. That's michael.m-a-h-a-r-r-e-y at 10th amendmentcenter.com. And if you haven't already, head over to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.